We continue in this series called We Greater Than Me. The fact that we together can do more than we could ever do apart. Now, I came across this quote that was very interesting, and I actually have a picture of it here. I came across this quote this week from a guy that played with the one and only Michael Jordan. He said this, and I quote, after Michael Jordan had scored a playoff record 69 points, I'll always remember this as the night that Michael Jordan and I combined to score 70 points. The night that Michael and I combined, wow, now that's the power of we. If you ever wondered what the power of we look like, that's what it looks like. It looks like this. You can choose to look at everything else. You can choose to look at everyone else. Uh, uh, but, but when you look at the power of we, the power of we says we scored 70 points. He scored 69, but we scored 70 points. You see... One of the boldest, most important documents that we as Americans have is starting with the word we. We, the people. We has a very powerful connotation in the fact that we're not alone. We have a God that loves us and there's something about when you join with me and we join together for a common cause. How many realize that there, there's something better when you're with a friend? Something's better. I, I, I enjoy certain foods better when I'm with a friend. My wife and I love, we, we love to hit a restaurant. We, our, one of our favorite restaurants, Longhorn. We go to Longhorn, and I love to have me a steak, and it tastes better when I got my wife with me. If I had just the steak, it'd be great. But there's something special about having that person with you. We share it together and I go, wow, do you taste that? It's so good. Because you get to share that moment. Friends, there's something about when you can stand alongside someone and lead someone to Jesus, that you can look at each other and go, wow, was that not a powerful moment? When you can come and, and after we engage in worship together, how many just appreciate the worship team and then just leading you in song? Yes? What a wonderful team we have. I'm so glad I taught them all how to play their instruments and sing. No, they know that's not true. But there's something about we, when we gather together, we go, go, wow, that was powerful. Wow, that was great. What happens when the church of God starts to respond in unison and unity and realizing that we in this series is so much better than me by myself. So when the church begins to collaborate on its gifts and abilities, something amazing happens in the body. Why is it so hard for us to depend on other people and their gifts when you don't have that gift and ability? Right? Sometimes we get jealous. How many ever seen somebody play an instrument or do something or draw? For me, it's draw. I can't draw a stick figure. I, thank you. Me and Tina can't draw a stick figure for the life of us. We. See the power of we? The power of we. Playing hangman, um, you know, that's a struggle. I can't even get the stick. I can't get the lines right. Right? So what, what I'm saying is that there's, there's, 
when I see somebody that can draw, or then better yet, when you go to, you ever been to Ocean City, Maryland? You ever seen the guy, and there's a guy out there that's been out there for years, and he takes sand. I have a, I have struggle with a pen. And the dude takes sand and creates masterpieces. And I'm going, how did you do that? I'm looking at it with awe. How did you do that? There's no way. I look at that ability and instead of me going, I hate you. You draw so well. Y'all need to wake up. You hear what I'm saying? Because that transfers. Don't hate anybody because they have a gift or ability. Appreciate. It costs nothing to appreciate the gift in somebody else. You start, you start casting out encouragement, somebody's going to come to you one day and tell you something. You're like, oh, I didn't know I was good at that. We have some of the most amazing gifted people in this church that I'm like, I, I'm so blessed to know you. Like, can I have your autograph? Like, See, the world is filled with so much gift, yet the world is filled with so much pain. Did you know that there's not a pain that someone's went through, that there's not a gift that God hasn't supplied for that? There's not a single pain that someone has gone through or is going through that God hasn't provided a person to come in and say, I see your pain, I see your struggle, I've been there. Let me show you what I did. Not a single one. Did you know that? Did you know that every single one of you have a gift to offer somebody else? And the collaboration of those gifts together is what creates the church to be as impactful as it can be. So you're good at this. And that person's good at that. You shouldn't be angry at each other. Why don't you find a way to collaborate and see what you can do together? And if you can't, that's fine. But find a way that the we becomes more important than the me. With so much hurt in this world, we don't have time to mess around. We can help people with physical needs that are limited. We can help people with emotional needs that are also limited. We can give people hope. And it costs us nothing. I want to bring to a message entitled, I'm Stepping Up. I'm stepping up, becoming bold under pressure. What am I talking about? I'm talking about how people become bold when they activate the gifts that God has given them. Did you know that when you activate your gift, what you're doing is you're saying, God, I want to step up to what you called me to do. Because how many know that God didn't waste the time giving you a gift? Let me have the house lights up for a moment because I need, I, need I need to see your faces here. How many of you, by show of hands in this room, you know that God has gifted you to do something specific? Raise your hand. If you're online, hit the hand or the like. Many, many, if not most of the people in this room. And some of you didn't raise your hand. Maybe you're thinking, I still haven't figured it out. That's okay because you're in the right place. What we want to do is we want to unveil God's plan for everybody's life, and it may happen in this service. It may happen at some point in time where you say, you know what, the reason why I haven't been fulfilled and feeling like I'm doing something worthwhile in this life is because I haven't activated this gift that God has given me. And if I don't know what that gift is, let's help you find it. Let's help you find it. And so when we talk about gifts and we talk about people, Let's look at Acts chapter 3, 
beginning of verse 1. Can we do that? Acts chapter 3, we're talking about I'm stepping up. I'm stepping up, becoming bold in our faith. Acts chapter 3, one day, verse 1, one day Peter and John were going up to the temple at the time of prayer at 3 in the afternoon. Now a man who was lame from birth was being carried to the temple gate called Beautiful where he was put every day to beg from those going into the, the, the temple courts. When he saw Peter and John about to enter, he asked them for money. Peter looked straight at him and as did John. Then Peter said, look at us. So the man gave them his attention. Expecting to get something from them, Peter said, silver and gold I do not have. But what I do have, I give to you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, walk. How many know that that is better than any money that man could have ever received? No price tag on that, right? Not a single person could get a price tag on that. Taking him by the right hand, did you notice that he didn't just speak into him, but he activated his hand. He activated. Everybody say activate. He activated his hand and he reached out to him. And he didn't just speak to him. He reached out and activated his hand at that point. Right? That's verse 6. He, in the name of Jesus Christ, rise up and walk. Verse 7, taking him by the right hand, he helped him up. And instantly the man's feet and ankles became strong. He jumped to his feet and began to walk. Then he went with them into the temple courts, walking and jumping and praising God. Come on, if you have not been walking for a long time, and Jesus, come on somebody, Jesus touches your life, or a follower in this case of Jesus, touches your life, you start jumping and walking and talking, and you start doing something you never did before. Some people say, well, I'm not a jumper type, Pastor Tony. I haven't gotten to that place in my faith, Pastor Tony. That's okay. I'm a jumper. I grew up in New York City. I saw a lot of people get jumped. No, I mean jumping. I saw a lot of people jumping. That was wrong, wrong message. That was my testimony message. Let me change that. Okay, now we're back. I, I love to express myself. If you don't do that, that's fine. We will not condemn you. Nobody in this room condemns you. But there's something that happens when something has affected you. There's a boldness that has to be activated. A boldness that has to be moved and shaken and stirred. There's something in me that wasn't there before. And I need you to know about it. You know what? I believe that God is looking for a people that are willing to speak and hand out a hand. Reach out a hand and say, I don't just want to talk the talk. I want to grab you so you can walk. Come on, somebody. That's tweetable right there. I don't just talk the talk. I grab you so you can walk. And I realize that in your life, you need somebody to walk with you. If the person that's walking with you is not pulling you up, they may be using the same hand to keep you at bay. 
You need to walk in your blessing. And everybody else was distantly, here is some money. Here is some money. Let me give you enough fish for a day. Let me give you enough fish for the day. I'm sick and tired of the church being okay with somebody just giving them a fish for the day. And let me go. Just let me learn enough till I can get back Sunday and learn a little bit more. Come on, somebody. I'm looking for people that we can give you principles and you can learn to fish so you can teach somebody else to fish so they can teach somebody else to fish so we can be the active church of God that loves God, loves people, changes the world. Boldness is activated when you teach someone to fish. Now, when he went into that temple, I'm sure there were some dignified individuals that said, that is not welcome here. Henceforth, you shall be cast away. I worked on that all week. Come on, guys. Give me something. <laughs> I didn't. I just want to see what you say. But the truth is, we all in some way, shape, or form, you know, we kind of look at people and go, well, that's that kind of person. We, you shouldn't be labeled. God labeled you already. He labeled you loved. Come on, somebody. That's why I could jump, and I don't care what anybody says. That's why I lift my hands, and whether you lift your hands or not, listen, I'm going to, that's, listen, I'm going to lift my hands and shout, and I'm going to dance. I'm going to do whatever I need to do to express my way to God. If that's not for you, that's not for you, but I'm going to tell you right now, when that man went into that temple, not everybody agreed with him. But they didn't have to because they knew that man from week after week after week and they couldn't shut him up. Why? Because Peter and John did something for him that they could never do. So don't judge me before you know me. Right? Something happened in that man's life that day that made him want to jump and shout. Come on, we're not the frozen chosen. Come on, somebody. We're not the frozen chosen. If you got a reason to shout, you need to shout. You need to give thanks to God. And you need to understand that powerful things happen. Watch this. Powerful things happen. When you're on your way to do the kingdom business. Peter and John, listen, they were on their way to God's house. And they said, I don't know. I don't got money. Anybody ever been there? Yeah. Revival, right about there, a little over there, revival. You ever, you ever felt like, man, I don't have a lot, but whatever I give you, I'll give it to you. And Peter and John said, silver and gold, I don't have, but what I give you is faith. Come on, rise up in the name of Jesus and walk. I'm going to give you something that nobody can give you. That was their testimony. I love how the great German philosopher and theologian um, Martin Luther was quoted that is the 16th century Martin Luther, not Martin Luther King Jr. But Martin Luther, uh, he said this, prayer is a climbing up into the heart of God. Watch this. None can believe how powerful prayer is and what it is able to affect, but those who have learned it by experience. Wednesday nights, 6.30, come join people who love to pray right here in this sanctuary. Pray, seek God. You say, I can only make 20 minutes, then come for 20 minutes. Because there's a good chance that you can get 20 minutes here, which you can't get three hours anywhere else. When you put God first. Are you hearing me? When you put God first. 
So watch this. Um, Luther experienced many great things in this quote that Martin Luther said. But Martin Luther didn't just say things, he believed things. Because Luther experienced many interesting uh, answers to prayer, and I'm going to share with you two of them. Can I share them with you this morning? Yeah? Yeah, yeah I was going to do it, so that's good. His closest friend, Philip Melanchthon, Melanchthon, was very sick. And according to his biography, Luther came to visit and found Philip, quote, about to give up the ghost. His eyes were set. His consciousness was almost gone. His speech had failed. And also his hearing, his face had fallen and no one, no one could help him and had, and everyone had ceased to give him solids and fluids. This man was in his deathbed. Martin Luther stepped in and over, overcome with grief to see his, one of his best friends in this situation, turned toward the window in that room and began to pray out loud. And this is documented Almost instantly, Philip began to move and at that moment completely restored to health. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you? Completely restored. Why? Because Martin Luther opened his mouth to heaven and believed the prayer he was praying. How many times do we pray prayers, shallow prayers that we don't even believe ourselves? Man, if you're going to take time to pray, why don't you believe it? Right? Why don't you go ahead and believe it? Might as well. Who are you? Who are you fooling? Nobody. Let's pray and believe. Later, Philip said this: "I should have been a dead man, and I was called by death, but I didn't answer. But if it wasn't for the coming of Luther, he said, that day would have been my last." Did you know that he actually lived longer than Luther did? He went on to live longer than Luther did. What am I saying? I'm saying to you that boldness in prayer will change the world around us. Another friend, Friedrich Myconius, dying of tuberculosis, Luther, Luther couldn't go to him. He actually wrote him a letter. Now watch this. This is amazing. He actually wrote him. He couldn't go to see him. So he pulled out his pad and he wrote a, a paper and, and on a sheet of paper and he, and he wrote this. May God not let me hear so long as I live that you are dead but cause you to survive, and I pray this earnestly, and I will have it granted, amen and amen. Did you know that that prayer, when he received that prayer, something happened to that man, and he went on to live longer than Luther did too? Why? Luther activated faith, and he spoke it into the world that's dying. Listen, how many realize this world needs life? That this world needs life and it needs you to speak that life into it. And I'm telling you, let's decide to step up and say, you know what? I don't ever believe. Listen, you know what I stopped believing a long time ago? I stopped believing what the world thought of me. I stopped believing it anymore because they don't, they don't know. Some of my friends in my childhood don't even know the new me. Right? Some of you still, you, you see somebody that you used to hang with and you instantly think that you're that person that you were. And so do they. And so you act that way. If Christ came into your life, you are a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. So here's what I say to you. Don't ever believe what you have to offer the world is somehow insignificant. Because the church is, is going and moving forward. Your opposition will always be there. How many know we will always have, we will always have opposition? Opposition. 
right? We'll always have somebody saying something. That's not going to change. But let's look at Acts chapter 4 for a moment. Turn forward a a few chapters here. We were just reading Acts chapter 3. Go up one chapter. Acts chapter 4 beginning in verse 1. The priest and the captain of the temple guard and the Sadducees. I always believed that they were called Sadducees because they were sad. You see? And so they came up. Don't egg me on. The Sadducees came up to Peter and John while they were speaking to the people. They were greatly disturbed because the apostles were teaching the people, how dare they, proclaiming in Jesus the resurrection of the dead. They seized Peter and John because it was evening and they put them in jail until the next day. But many who heard the message believed, so the number of men who believed grew to about, watch this, five The next day, the rulers and the elders and the teachers of the law met in Jerusalem. Annas, the high priest, was there, and so was Caiaphas and John and Alexander and the others of the high priest family. They had Peter and John brought before them and began to question them. By what power or what name did you do this? Can I tell you something? The world will always say, what gives you the right? And this is where the church responds, I'm so glad you asked. That's your cue to share your testimony. Not to give your political view, not to give your right wing or left wing or whatever wing you have. Chicken wing. (laughs) What are you supposed to give? Your testimony. Angel wing. That's the one you give. How God saved you because before him you were lost. What gives you the right? I'm glad you asked me that. Because I'm about to tell you. See, what happened one day was I was lost. I didn't have hope. And one day, I found out about a loving Savior called you. Okay, no, well, wait. That's not what I was asking. No, you asked me what gave me the right, and I'm telling you. Jesus Christ gave me the right when he died on the cross for me and for you. So if you want to know life more abundantly, I can help you get there stop making it about what they want to take you to because all they want to do is drag you out to deep water to drown you how about you stand your ground and say i'm stepping up i'm going to be bold i'm going to be courageous i'm going to be everything god called me to be and i'm going to tell you who gave me the right and that's jesus christ come on somebody jesus christ gave me the right to tell you what he did for me. So right there, they're, you know, they're getting all upset, right? The Sadducees are getting all bent out of shape. What gave you the right? Can I tell you something? Adversity will come. Challenges will come. Opposition will come. The pressure's on, and we have to respond. We have to respond. And the church must be activated. So what am I talking about? Let me read verses 8 through 12 for a moment of the same chapter, chapter 4. Then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, rulers and elders of the people, (laughs) if we were called to account today for the act of kindness shown to a man who was lame and being asked how he was healed, 
then know this, you and all the people of Israel, it is by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth whom you crucified, but whom God has raised from the dead. That is the man who stands before you healed. Jesus is the stone you builders rejected, which became the cornerstone. Salvation is found in no one else, for there is no other name on the heaven whereby we must be saved. Come on, somebody. Did you see what he did there? He inserted his salvation and where he draws his salvation from, he inserted Jesus. After they prayed, verse 31, the place where they were meeting was shaken. Don't be surprised if people get shook when you start sharing Jesus. Everybody wants to talk about being woke today. My question is, who woke you? Who woke you? If it was Jesus Christ, it's a unified word. If it was Jesus Christ, it loves people. Listen, anybody could gather in groups. But when the people of God gather together, there's a power that no one can match. There's a synergy that we have as the body of Christ. Red, yellow, black, and white does not matter. There's a synergy that we happen because that happens when we come together. Because in that, there's power, wonder-working power in the name of Jesus. That is the we that God is looking for. When you make church about me, that's when it's limited. When you make church about we, that's when it's maximized. Write that down. That's a good one. When you make it about me, that's when it's limited. But when you make it about we, that's when it's maximized. So how do we get bold under pressure? Three quick thoughts. Here it is. Real quick. How do we get bold under pressure? Because we see this. In fact, I'm going to read verse 32 and 33 for a moment. One more time. I'm going to read this because there's three verses I had here. Acts 4, 31, 32, and 33. After they prayed, they were meeting, all filled with the Holy Spirit, and spoke the word of God. What? Boldly. Verse 32. All the believers were with what? One in heart and, and no one claimed that any of their possessions was their own. You see this? You see the we bigger than the me? But they shared everything they had. Verse 33, with great power, the apostles continued to testify to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. And God's grace was so powerfully at work in them all. Friends, do you see it? The boldness that came from the unity. What can we do together that will change the world? Well, we, we've already put it on the schedule for, for this summer. We got a lot of different things that we're doing together. From the youth camp that many of us banded together to raise thousands, literally thousands of dollars you all raised and gave and wrote checks and, and donated scholarships so our students don't have a reason not to go. Isn't that awesome? Thousands. There were times in years past the students couldn't go because of money. Well, that has to end right now. And then in July, we got plans for to, to reach more of our kids, so we got a VBS going. 
And then in August, a block party. We're bringing in some people to share their testimony and, and, and music form and things of that nature. And we're going to love people right where they are. How many know that's awesome? Yeah. Amen? What are we doing? We're testifying of God's goodness and grace. So how do we get bold? I'm glad you asked. Number one, we keep our hearts broken for the cause of the lost and broken people. Keep your heart broken for the broken. Keep your heart focused on the lost. And so we keep our hearts broken for the broken. Lord, I don't ever want a missionary to be dropped by this church because we don't have enough money in missions. God forbid. God forbid that a student can't go because of money. We can't take none of this. Look at me. Everyone hearing me right now, I need you to hear this. We can't take none of this with us. None of it. You came the same way you're going with no supplies, nothing is just you. So all this stuff right here, we got to invest it in, in worthwhile eternal purposes. Amen. We have to keep going for the world's sake. Number two, we lean into the power of the resurrected Christ through the power of the Holy Spirit. What does that mean? We lean on. We lean on. Lord, this, how many ever felt like you need to lean on Christ? Lord, I'm tired. I'm tired. I can't do this. Right? I just, I need to lean on you. It's okay. And this is for the brothers, uh, for the men in this room, men listening to me right now. We are proprietors of this thing. It's almost like we own this thing. We have such a struggle asking for help. Men, hear me and hear me closely. It's okay to ask for help. Yes, it is. It's okay to ask somebody for advice. It's okay to lean over to a brother and say, I don't know how to do this. Can you help me? Ladies know how to do that. They've been joining together for a long time. They've been going to bathrooms across America for the They They seldom do anything alone. I'm gonna go throw this away. You wanna come with me? It's six feet away. You want to come with me? We'll get coffee on the way. You hear what I'm saying? Y'all think I'm kidding. Ladies, you laughing because you know it's true. Y'all like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go across the street to Dollar General. You want to come? That person drives 45 minutes to your house. Across the street. That was weird. Why did I do that? I'm sorry if I offended anybody that crosses the street like that. We live in a defensive culture. I don't want to offend nobody, right? You drive 45 minutes to cross the street. Go with me. Okay. Ladies know how to do stuff together. They're not afraid to share their, share their feelings. I'm not mocking you, but I'm saying women have affinity toward understanding how to connect with people where guys are like, nah, I'm good. Your leg could be blown up. Nah, I'm good. It's just a flesh wound. Just a flesh wound. You need help? No, I'm good. I'll limp my way there. I'm good. Pastor Tony, I'll see you next week. Am I lying? 
I'm not lying. Guys, man, we have a struggle. Struggle just to ask for help. We remember that we're doing something that has eternal value. Amen? Point number three. Let's get there quick before I crack another weird one. I'm not liable for what I say all the time up here. But number three says, we remember that what we are doing matters for the future generations and for eternity. Did you know that for those of you that help in scholarships and such, you didn't just help a kid get to camp. You helped them get to the feet of Jesus. Just one step closer. You can't make them come to Jesus. You realize that? You can't make them come to Jesus. They're going to have to do that themselves. But you gave them one step closer of you that's one step closer that's tailored for them so thank you to everyone who was part of that and that's what we're doing every single week if you have a young person I need you to hear me right now because I'm closing in a moment if you have a young person number one that is a teenage and they're not attending on Wednesday nights you need to get them here we're teaching them we're teaching them as we walk them through how to take notes how to look at their lives and look at them in a biblical worldview. Listen, if you don't tell these kids how to believe the Bible, they will be told how to believe the world. No joke. And the world is unforgiving. The world is unforgiving. That's why we did what we did this weekend with the father-son uh, camping. Man, it was so great. Spent some time. How many know that not having the internet for 24 hours could be some of the best thing you could ever experience? Come on, somebody. We was in no man's land. Cod country. Apparently, God doesn't have Wi-Fi. And I understand why. So, we live in a world where it's constantly we're looking to either reinforce what we already believe or tell me something I want to hear. But when it comes to truth, people want to back away because it offends them or it affects them. So what am I saying to you today? I'm saying to you today, my friends, that we have to remember that what we're doing is we're investing not in just the present church, but the church that will be running our services in 10, 15 years from now. And they need to know who the real Christ is. Amen. That's what we're doing. Why? Because the we is so much bigger than me. And as we, we close this series off, I want us to understand something. That stepping up means you have to activate that boldness in one way or another. And what does that look like? What does that look like? It means that together we can bring something to the world that no one else can hope and that cost Jesus his life let's let's just bow our heads for a moment and pray can we do that eternal father we we stop for a moment and say thank you. We stop for a moment and say thank you because you've been so good to me. 
you've been so good to us. And we join our hearts together to say, help us like these disciples to give hope to people with our boldness and our declaration of faith and our trusting in God in the way that other people are afraid to. Father, we activate ourselves today and we call ourselves out and to say we're stepping up today. Father, help us to be active, mobile, and ready because when you're coming and you crack that eastern sky and you're coming back for your people, we want to have done everything we were called to do. We don't want to leave any box unchecked or anybody unsaved. So today, we declare the goodness of God in this place. Father, I pray that we will get bolder and share Jesus with people in a way that we could have never done without your Holy Spirit in our lives. So now, Holy Spirit, activate your people in Jesus' name. All across this room, just right where you're at, just lift up your hands if you're willing to say, God, I want to be activated and used for his purposes. Come on, just lift up your hands and say, God, that's me. God, that's me. All across this room. Father, you see every hand raised. In Jesus' name, activate them. Father Peter and John spoke, but they also reached their hand out and helped the man up. They did something, not just said something. Father, I pray, activate our faith today. In Jesus' name.